Hello and welcome to For the Love of Stories. It is currently 9 at 12 as of the time I am recording this. And uh, welcome to the New Year's Eve Spectacular, which is not as spectacular as the last time. Nor do I have as much energy because I'm not finishing a story. I'm just doing another story segment. So before we begin, I will give you a recap of my night because I'm sure you all love to hear that. And because I've had a very emotional night. And then we'll get into uh, how I'm going to be splitting up the story because it's a little wonky. Uh, So we'll get into that in a moment. So... Number one is uh, what you have on my night. So we, as a family, we've been watching the show Avatar The Last Airbender. I don't know if I talked about this in my last episode, but I'm going to talk about it now. So we just watched the finale tonight, and let me just say, if you need a show to watch, watch Avatar. It's so, 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 so good. Uh, And I've been, I, I cried for like the last 10 minutes because, you know, it's just so moving uh to fans of the show uh gosh what's her name you know the sis zuko's sister um i I always forget her name um yeah but anyway she made me cry a lot because i think her you know everything that happened with her made me very sad but uh definitely watch the show if you haven't so I'll look into how this episode is going to look. So I didn't actually have time to finish the script today because I had a very busy day. Uh, um, so it's it, it's cut up a little wonky. I'm also very tired and there's going to be like chops in the recording. I'm hoping I can get everything done together and it sounds nice and whatnot. So uh, the way it's set up is just that this episode is going to be the meeting and it's going to be... Uh, it's going to end with a character telling a story, as you'll see in a moment, uh, when the story begins. And then it's going to end there, and it's it, it'll be a little bit abrupt, but that's just because I don't have the rest of the script ready. And then uh, in two weeks, which hopefully I will have a script ready by then, because I did not have two weeks uh, to write a script. I will have more time, and it'll be better and whatnot. Uh, I can do some... Uh, I'll do the end of this... Hopefully, well, not the end of this, but I'll 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 come up with a uh, I don't know. Uh, I'll have something completely ready. So if this sounds a little wonky, that is because I did not set it up entirely properly. Without I didn't, I just never finished it. So with that, enough of me babbling because I'm babbling and I'm tired. And when I'm tired, I babble. Okay, we're getting into the story segment now. Thank you for enduring this. Um, alright, I'm pulling up my script. I'm sorry, I should have done this before. Give me a minute, please. I'm very tired. I woke up really early this morning because I wake up early and I should have, I shouldn't have done that, so. Um, let's see. Alright, this episode is called The Meeting, and before we begin, I have another set of terms and words that you're going to need, uh, for this, uh, story because I'm always... mm, I don't know. So it's only three words this time. And really, uh, I, I'm going to just get into it. Terms and words. Number one is vector, which is a bomb designed to bury itself 100 meters under the ground and explode after reaching said distance. These bombs are extremely powerful and can destroy an entire square mile if at full power. And then we have a magnetic field, which is an area around a bunker cavern used to keep out sand and manipulate the sand around it to a person's advantage. Some well-trained people can use the field to levitate. And then finally we have a hook, which is an outsider weapon designed 
designed like a scythe with a boomerang on top. So it's like instead of like, you know, if a scythe looks like, but then you've got the boomerang as opposed to like the blade. I, I don't know. Uh, usually made of synthesized wood and, and or steel. So with that, let's get into the meeting. So the meeting begins with a passage from the Book of Cries entitled The Meeting. And it says this, When sands collide and worlds touch, the walker and the warrior shall become the whole of one world. When comes the time of meeting, there comes the time of mourning in which our hearts become whole through the connections of a world undivided. That is outsider lore and prophecy. And we have commentary on the meeting by Nye Velociana, who, um, I'm not going to get into this now. When we read the passage <clears throat> of the meeting, we truly read about Armageddon. It is suggested that the opposites of the world join forces, thus the same with the walker and the warrior. Does this passage also imp imply that the meeting brings death? But the final phrase promises that, that through the walker and the warrior we shall become whole, a happily ever after. By Naivaluciana, I would just like to say shout out to my friend Vivian who helped me with that. And Oh, um, oh dear. Who, sorry, I don't know if people feel like my name. Uh, yeah, shout out to a friend of mine who helped me work on that. Uh, it was very helpful for my story. So, let's get into it. <clears throat> the glider approached the bunker slowly, making the battlefield more and more visible. A young girl sat by the window, watching the fighters burn away at those on the other side, fighting to survive and take their competitors' lives. An older woman came beside her and said, They must have dropped a vector on it. The whole bunker collapsed inwards. <clears throat> she paused and then said, A desert quake is coming. Sure enough, the ground underneath them rumbled, then shook fiercely, sending sand, gosh, sending flant, sending sand all around, flying and dancing across the desert floor. The bunker cabin began to fill with sand, but this wasn't right. There should be, have been a magnetic field holding it up, but it didn't work, and every soldier was swallowed by the sands, except for one who seemed to fly above the ground. The girl turned to the woman and said, Only a true outsider could do that. Oh, yes, replied the woman. I knew a man who could do that. It, took, it takes years of work. Suddenly the girl... Suddenly the girl... Um, suddenly the the girl gosh suddenly the, the girl began to cry it's gone they're gone why would they do this because dear summer as i said we are a nuisance we have proved time and time again that survival outside paradise is possible and now the experiment is over and only one organization can remain now i believe we should figure out who survived such a mess Armenix opened the door of the glider and released the stairs. The sun was just beginning to rise, and a cool breeze touched the desert floor. Armenix turned the corner and moved out of Summer's vision. Suddenly, a yelp came from behind the glider. Summer ran to find, <coughs> sorry, to find Armenix holding her segmenter, as if preparing to, f preparing to fight. Across from her was the was a girl. She seemed to be the same age as Summer. She wore paradise-made armor and was bleeding under her knees. knee. Please don't kill me, she cried. Armenix responded, and why shouldn't I? And how did you learn to do that trick, hmm? The girl seemed slightly confused, but she said, One of them showed me how. She pointed to the area where the bunker once stood. One of the outsiders showed me how. Liar, cried Armenix with a terrible, snarling grisen. The girl was horrified and tripped over her step, trying to run away. "'You will pay for this wreck,' growled Armenix. "'Wait,' said Summer. "'Armenix, do you have a hook?' "'Of course,' she replied. 
"'Give it to her,' Summer said, pointing at the girl, "'and we shall see if she knows our ways.' "'Do you think?' asked Arminix. "'Summer responded, "'It is possible. "'Only one who is a true master of the outsider's ways "'could do such a thing. "'But the legend said the warrior could do it.' "'Warrior? What warrior?' the girl cried. "'Arminix handed her the hook, said, "'Manipulate the sand. "'Do it as if your life depended on it. "'Perhaps it does.' The girl felt the thing in her hand. It felt as if she'd done it before. She placed the metal tip in the sand. Yes, she had done this before. In one swoop, she spun the hook around, and the sand in the circle she had drawn began to dance. She raised the hook, and the sand wrapped around her body and began to pull her into the air. It became an extension of her body, something that moved as easily as her arms, and then it was lost. In one hump, she hit the ground, sand raining onto her. Summer and Arminix stared at her as if they'd seen a ghost. "'What is your name, girl?' Arminix said. "'Autumn? Did an outsider show you how to do that, to use the magnetic field, or are you truly the warrior?' Summer asked. "'I've already told you. A woman showed me how,' she said." Sorry. I've already told you. A woman showed me how. She said something like, born of riches and life essence, yet will know the ways of the outsider. And then she said, we die, but in the time of mourning is the time of meeting. And then I remember, and then I, I was flying. I had done it before. I just couldn't remember when, when or where. Then it is true, Arminic said. Summer is the walker, and you, you, Autumn, are the warrior. We must now mourn a loss, and the meeting may take place. Arminix walked back to the glider, and Summer sat on the sands, as if in some sort of trance. "'Are you all right?' asked Autumn. Summer raised her head and said, "'I lost my mother and my brother. I can imagine her, still fighting to the end. I just wish I—I—' she broke off. "'What?' asked Autumn. "'She had a ring,' Summer said. "'She used it to manipulate sand, and I was to be given it given it when she left the mortal plane to use her words she laughed a little and it was that and it was said that anyone who touched that ring would have their spirits preserved in it forever to guide the rightful user if i lost everything and everyone that was the thing that would keep me going and now it's gone too not exactly said autumn you see earlier today a helpful stranger gifted me a certain tool to make my escape from the battlefield she pulled out a ring from her pocket and handed it to Summer, saying, You had a wonderful mother. I'm sorry for your loss. <clears throat> Arminix explained that a true mourning ceremony must take place at night, so that the spirits may be guided by the, by the angel's messenger. Autumn found Arminix and Summer very confusing. They kept speaking in a different language, the one that Crispin had used. Furthermore, they kept asking her about strange things in her life, like, if you see a child of an enemy, would you kill it? Some are worried that her replies made them skeptical of her or made her seem like an enemy. They had wonderful poker faces. Later in the day, the sun got too hot and they went inside the glider, where Autumn entertained them with, with the tale of how she got to them today. She had been drafted as a paradise soldier and sent to the Milo tribe. Uh... "'When we arrived, a single person stood outside,' said Autumn. "'This person yelled at us, "'Go now, and you shall not be harmed. "'If you stay, then you will face the consequences.' "'Of course, our generals were half-wits "'and believed we would destroy them. "'So we were told to try, to 
to charge, and we did. Summer Arm and Arminix hung on to her every word. Autumn prided herself in being a great storyteller. Thank goodness I was behind a few rows of people. Everyone in the first three rows was absolutely sprayed with sand. Must have blinded at least ten or more. That sounds like Finn, said Summer, slightly sad all of a sudden. Autumn continued. After that, it was all at war. The general was screaming at the top of, of his lungs, he being one who had been blinded by sand, and I was terrified, as one should be. So I decided it was my best. I, so I decided my best bet would be to join a group of people, and run with them. However, soon it was evident that this was not some pedestrian riot, and we didn't have the upper hand. Arminix laughed and said, "Well, of course not. There's not a person alive from a paradise system who could defeat an outsider." Well, it seemed that they knew this, because suddenly everyone's attention was focused on the drone flying overhead. It moved clunkily to the bunker, and it dropped what looked like a drill on it. It disappeared into the bunk. It disappeared. The drill... It, dis it disappeared into the mound, and everyone went on fighting again. A vector! I was right, said Arminix. Yes, a vector indeed. The whole bunker was sunk and went up in flames. And, and that's when I saw the woman, Autumn continued. She had been injured. Shards of metal had hit her. Gosh, I'm sorry. I'm so. I should probably say now. This is where I start improvising because I don't have a script and I do need to finish this on some weird note. So I apologize in advance. Shards of metal had pierced her in her stomach. One of the other soldiers told me, "Finish her." I mean, sorry. I'm really sorry. See, this is why I don't do this anymore. Give me a moment to think. I couldn't do it, could I? She continued. But I had no choice. I primed my segmenter and I went over to her, already regretting what I had to do. She saw me coming. She seemed to understand what would happen. But then, but then I put it down. I couldn't do it. She said to me, You couldn't kill me, could you? And I responded, Well, of course not. And she said, That's good. I couldn't kill you either. Autumn looked down and saw that the woman's hook was sitting on her heart. She hadn't even noticed it in her fear. The woman said, Not many people respect us. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Not many people respect our ways. What do you mean? I asked her. Well, she said, she said, in outsider culture, it is said that we do not kill an enemy's child or a wounded enemy. It is considered unfair, and it is a disgrace to them. You seem to know our ways quite well, Autumn said. I, I, she didn't know what to say. Or, gosh, I'm sorry, I'm not good at these, because you see I'm doing a first person. I'm not good at first person. So just, just realize these with the eye. I'm really sorry. If I had time to write this, I would have done it. I'm so really sorry. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, sorry. Sorry. Um, she said to me, well, it could be no. Or is it possible? She looked at me as if I was her only hope, the last thing she had in her life. She handed me her ring and said, Do you know how to manipulate the sand? Autumn thought. Yes, 
She had done it before. Well then. Wait. Give me one moment. I'm so sorry. Actually, never mind. I have my place again. Well then. You should fly out of here. The woman put her hand on the ground and said to me, A quake is coming. It will swallow us all. If you fly out of here, then you will be safe. The warrior will be safe. And then I've already told you the rest, she said to Summer and Arminix. I flew over here, and here we are now. She gave them a big smile, but Summer and Arminix were not smiling. Summer seemed... Summer seemed... Sorry, I just... Summer seemed terribly sad, and Arminix seemed gravely disturbed. What? What, she said. Arminix said, Nothing. Nothing at all, dear. And thank you for listening to the train wreck that is this year's New Year's special. Uh, enjoy 2022. I will be back on January 14th because Saturdays are easier for me to do or I'm not counting right now. I'm going to probably go watch Simpsons or Daily Dose of Internet or go take a walk with my family. Well, not my mom. She's asleep. But the other members of my family. Uh, thank you for listening. And I'm so sorry that this episode was really sort of messed up. But hopefully it'll get better in the next one. And I'm sorry. I don't improvise anymore as it is. I'm I'm just, I used to be very good at coming up with things on the spot. Like when I was doing Georgina the Witch, I could do it quite fast. However, I can't do it anymore. I need a script now. Um, so, I don't know. I'm very tired, so I'm going to go now. But thank you so much for uh, listening and giving up your time to listen. Uh, Happy New Year! Um, You know what? I'll just do a countdown now because, probably, you know, I'm not doing it tonight. Uh, Watch the countdown. Watch, like... I don't know. Just, you know. Have a lovely night. Uh, And thank you again so much for listening. I'm going to go before I repeat thank you again. Bye-bye now.